Well, guys, what's the story? Rachel. Rachel. You don't sound too Aussie at the minute. You're all right, actually. No, not yet. Although I was thinking oh. last week after we had that discussion about the triathlon and, you know, life down under. What's the worst thing about putting the swim first in a country like Australia? Go. Sharks in the water, mate. Sharks in the water. <laughs> I won't be able to get out of the water. I'm, I'm dead. The sharks don't get me. I just drowned. Anyway, that's the worst thing about it for me. Pretty hard to continue to cycle when the shark <laughs> eats your torso. That's the problem. Sharks aren't that vicious, though, are they? What? I've never seen. I've never been in Australia. I've too long Fish to travel. Friends, I need six. Food. I need six travel bags. It kind of depends. I think <laughs> I'm guessing there's they not... a different path than you were expecting, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's probably not that many shark attacks every year, but it's just you hear about them when they happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's definitely not what I was thinking when I asked that question. <laughs> oh, what as, way a pasty, you as a pasty Irish person down under, oh, I need sun cream. Like, yes. I will be burned to a crisp. Like, my tri-suit has to have the sleeves slightly longer on the legs. Like, I need that. Otherwise, I'm going to burn. So you can imagine when I have my sun cream applied, and then I go swimming. Yeah, it is something there. Okay, I know when you were saying swimming down under, I'm sorry for ruining it. But yeah, it's something... <laughs> Even in the um, even in the Irish summer though, it's it's something that has caught me out. I've had raw red legs after uh, after the swim because you do you put on your sun cream and then you swim it off and then you sweat what's left of it off and you're just left to sizzle. I suppose I don't know. Is there a ticker ticker sun cream especially for it? Is what what can you do or? I don't know. I need to try and figure this out. Now I'm quite lucky. I'm not burnt. Maybe a bit around my watch. I tend when I put my sun cream on. I don't put it the whole way down my arm. I leave that space for my watch because otherwise, you know, the watch rubbing on the sun cream is just unpleasant. I ended up getting burnt just there, either side of my watch. But that was about <laughs> it. You're such a random, random place. But, you know, just that was kind of going through my mind, like, what can I find a better sun cream? Now, I'm, I am impressed with the sun cream I had on. bit red, but not burnt. Um, yeah. Stay well, tuned it just for that us, one. It just shows what scares us the most about swimming. I'm worried about the sharks and the sea monsters, and Rachel's just worried about our tan. <laughs> right, I'm worried about stingrays as well. But anyway, oh yeah. <laughs> so, Rachel, what's in store for us this week? This week we have the We're amazing Mary Kate in a bottle. Oh. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Take two. I know Mary Kate Lynch is coming on this week and Mary Kate any of you who are into the GAA who followed the success of the Mead ladies football team this year you would have definitely come across Mary Kate's name and Mary Kate she plays um, her club football for Summerhill and Mead and then had a call up to the senior team went on to win the All-Ireland and I won't spoil it any further I'll let her take it away and tell us more so cue the intro Let's go. Did you know sharks don't have any bones? What? Yeah, it's, it's all cartilage. Well, I didn't know Here that. 
Mary-Kate, it is a pleasure to welcome you to the Any Given Run Day podcast. Would you please give our listeners a quick introduction, who you are and the sport you play? Yeah, no bother. My name's Mary-Kate Lynch. I'm 20 years of age and I play uh, Gaelic football for the Mead Senior Ladies team. So obviously it's been a massive year for you guys and we'll get into that in a second but I just want to start with you know you're obviously so young and it's incredible to reach the level that you've reached at such a young age but was Gaelic football always your sport or were you one of those really active kids who kind of tried everything or what was your sporting background? Yeah, like, yeah, it's been a, a brilliant year, as I said, at the start there. But, um, yeah, no, Gaelic football has always been my passion, my love. Like, so I would have played Gaelic since I was about five years of age with um, starting in the nursery in Summerhill here and, you know, kind of worked my way up, played with the lads for a little bit as well, underage, so probably up to under 10 level. And then I came into the girls' teams because at the time there wasn't a lot of girls playing football. I did athletics and I tried camogie and different things like that. But as I said, like I've always been quite active, but you know, Gaelic has always been my my first choice of sport anyway and my passion. So yeah. It's amazing to find it at such a young age as well. So I suppose that really helps with developing skills. But you mentioned that you played with obviously, you know, the mixed teams when you were younger. But I think with Gaelic they split up the boys and girls quite young. Is it like after under 10s, you're no longer, if you're a girl, you're no longer allowed to play with the guys' teams? Yeah, I think that could have been to do maybe with a physical development, I suppose, in a way that, you know, when you reach the under 10 levels, I suppose we we start changing, you know, boys and girls. So, yeah, it was probably up to about under 10 that I, I did kind of go to the girls and we, we start making the teams ourselves. But as I said, the, the numbers would have been probably smaller then like I played soccer actually as well and I used to play with uh, all the lads and there used to be myself and another girl so you know it's it, 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 at the under 10 level yeah I think it is when they start to split which you know as you said it is necessary because that's you know when you kind of start changing things like that but it can be tough then because especially if you're in an area where there's not that many girls playing and you obviously had a bit of experience of that where, you know, maybe it was hard to field a team for a few years. Yeah, definitely. Like, as I said, like playing underage with the lads, but then when you move on, you probably had lower numbers kind of coming to training and that. And especially just a couple of years ago now, the difference now is absolutely amazing. I actually train under uh, 12s myself now in the club and you can see that the difference in the numbers and the excitement to come down and play football or football and there's great little footballers down somewhere hell now especially in, I'm sure it's in every club but you can see the increase in numbers now since I was playing under 10 and under 12. I do think a lot of that comes down to what you see and what you see is what you believe you can achieve. And, you know, going back to that 2020 campaign and if she can see it, she can be it. Because you take when you were younger, did you have much exposure to female GA um, players? Like I know, obviously, nowadays with social media and just how easy it is to access the Internet, it is easier to be exposed to these top sports people. But maybe that has something to do with it. But did you notice when you were younger, you didn't have that kind of same exposure to them that the younger generation has now? 
Yeah, maybe a little bit. Like I've always kind of looked up to the the older girls, maybe in my own club. Like one of my idols is Jenny Rispin, who plays in my my club there. So I suppose I would have looked up to her because she would have coached me um as I when I was underage. But yeah, I think now, especially with the year we've had, like the amount of girls that are joining sport or looking up to girls like ourselves after the year we've had and the difference to the exposure now, as you said, with the internet and access to games and stuff, because they're being live streamed on the TV or they're being live streamed on YouTube or Facebook, which is great. Whereas before, you know, you would have to physically go to the game, which people might not have done if it was, you know, somewhere far down the country. But yeah, I think definitely there's more exposure for the younger girls now than maybe when I was younger. And But as I said, I did look up to all the older girls in our club uh, when I was playing. So it's fantastic that you had that because when we think about it, like the Ladies Gaelic Football Championship or like the whole association really only came about in 1974. So that's really not that long ago compared to the men's championship, which has been established since 1987. So yeah. like that is a massive difference. Yeah, definitely. Like it's, you can see like, you know, even especially in recent years, the development that the LGFA have, have made and, you know, even from our wins and stuff, you can see the difference in kind of, like the respect that's gained for Gaelic ladies Gaelic football now, it's it's kind of it's a turn for the books in a way. But um, yeah, no, it's it definitely in a in a short space of time you can see the developments, and it's it's absolutely amazing that you know young girls have people to look up to and have that exposure to football because it will keep them playing. Like I was only having this conversation recently with someone that you know at the the age I trained, so under twelve age, this is where girls kind of maybe start to drop off, you know, that phase of going from primary to secondary school and some girls that will, you know, give up football. But, you know, when they have people to look up to, to aspire to, like it, it just keeps them in the sport. It keeps them playing and keeps them interested. Absolutely. And I have a friend in Longwood who brought her little girl when the trophy was there and her little girl went down to see it. And I was just chatting to her about how, inspiring it was for her little girl to see this and to see some of the girls bring the cup down and it's something that she can really aspire you know she's seeing this she's seeing what these girls have achieved and she is like why can't that be her so I do think it is really important um but just I mean it was so massive for for me because not only was it your first time to win the championship, it was actually your first time reaching the final. Yeah, like in the space of nine months, we went from playing at the intermediate level, winning the All-Ireland from the intermediate level, and then winning the league um, Division Two final, and then getting to the senior championship for our first year, uh, first time, and you know, winning it as well. It's kind of, it's all a bit surreal. So I, I still sometimes have to pinch myself to say it's real. And especially for myself, like I I thought my my meet days were over when I hit minor level and I was fortunate enough to be asked up to play with the senior team. But in that space of time that I've been playing, which is only about two and a half, three years, I've achieved so much with this team. And it's just, as I said, it's surreal and I, I still don't really believe it. 
Yeah, like I suppose when the rest of us were all in lockdown, kind of chilling out, enjoying yourselves, you were you weren't just aiming for the final. You went on to win it, like which was just absolutely incredible. But yeah, you said obviously we said how young you are and you're not with the panel that long, but it kind of kicked off with the minor All Ireland's, that semi-final reaching that. So I suppose talk us a bit. Talk to us a bit more about how you went from reaching that semi-final to then getting your shot at going to the senior team. Yeah, like even before that, like a lot of girls on the senior team would have played, now not all, but would have played from under 12 right up. And myself, I went for trials year in, year out, um, under 12, under 14. And, you know, never, never got picked, but I was a, uh, fairly determined anyway to keep going back um until until I kind of prove myself and I joined when I was under 16 level as a development player first so I've had a bit of a a surreal journey really with the Meath football because as I said development for the first year got to play a little bit in the second year and then played two years of minor and in that final minor year I don't know maybe it just kind of started to click and I was just really enjoying the football at the time so we reached the Leinster A final that year and we bet there I know that might be a soft spot for you <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um then as I said I went on to um get to the iron semi-final and unfortunately lost but during that year like I was I was training well I was just really really enjoying my year and um one my manager at the time just came over to me and said look if you keep training and playing the way you're playing you know you're going to be called up onto that senior team um Aim Murray who's our our manager had said it to him and I was like he told me this in the middle of a train session and I was kind of in shock and it said as I said earlier like I didn't expect to to be asked onto that senior team because it's just absolutely amazing like that the whole team is just they're brilliant footballers but um yeah then got my got my shot to come up and kind of start training with the girls in the 2019 in the summer there I just started to get to know the girls get a feel for the train and then start properly playing you know in 2020 and you know I know everyone is sick of talking about 2020 and then lead in 2021 and COVID-19 and the pandemic so you just hit this senior team to start training with them and then mm-hmm. everything gets shut down like how how did you feel that like when things were suddenly falling into place, you were just blossoming, coming into your own. And then you're told football's off and we don't know when we're going to get back to normal. Like, what was that like from a personal point of view? Yeah, like it was, you know, I, said I joined that team in the summer of 2019 and we went back training in that December, like for pre-season and I was kind of, at a young, like a minor level, the gym isn't really a focus or anything, you know, it's mainly just your fitness and your football. But I was just after kind of getting trained in on the gym, you know, learning how to use equipment properly and not get hurt. So that was like the first step. And then I was asked to start the very first league game in 2020 um, against Tyrone at the end of January. And I was playing all those league games up until March. And I was, you know, just kind of coming into it. My confidence was growing. You know, I didn't have the, a huge amount of confidence, let's say, when I first joined, just, you know, joining a new team with, as I said, amazing players. But yeah, the confidence was just just starting to grow as we got told it's we're going into a lockdown. Um, so look like we trained hard ourselves over that lockdown period and use as much gym equipment and stuff as we could at home. But when we came back for the championship campaign, I actually 
got dropped and I wasn't really starting the games anymore. But I think it was hard. It was difficult because I was hot. You know, I was kind of starting to prove a point and like that I was starting to play well and gain that confidence, as I said. But yeah, it was quite difficult yeah, when we came back and for the 2020 championship and, you know, not to just kind of have lost that starting position. But um, I changed around anyway for next year. I was a bit, a bit determined, as I said earlier. I'm a very determined person. But um, yeah, it was. It was difficult. Yeah, I can imagine. But even just for motivation, like how did you keep yourself going? Because, you know, we we did see a real exercise spike in lockdown and we were really, really lucky in that kind of April, May 2020, we had the most fabulous weather. Everyone was doing home workouts. You just had to look online, even though you couldn't physically see anybody. You just had to go online to see people you know, within their 2K, making use of that, whether it was running or just walking, home workouts, whatever it was. But then once it dragged on, how did you keep that motivation up to keep hitting the gym, to keep in a good physical condition? Um, so the year 2020 was the year actually I was supposed to do my leave insert as well. So it was a very challenging year, kind of the whole year because of the uncertainty because no one no one really knew what this this virus was and no one knew kind of what to do so I was studying for my leaving search with no clarity of whether I was going to be sitting them in person getting predicted grades and then so my break and it's still the same with college work now is sports so if I get stressed or uptight or I just need to get out of the house it's always sports so either go for a run or do a a workout and throw on the music you know so I think I kind of kept motivated just because I it's always my stress release and I was kind of waiting for the clarity and the leave insert and everything like that so um, I think it was kind of easier for me to keep motivated because I knew it was my break from the study or the kind of uncertainty it was just a, an escape kind of from everything that was going on so I, and as well like I actually love getting out and doing something and if I'm not active in a week my mood would be very very different and um, my mom and dad would always say that if let's say I was stressed or just wasn't having a great day and I went to train and I come back a totally different person because uh, my mood is just 10 times better and I'm real chatty and everything so it was just always kind of a stress release or um just something I enjoy doing anyway so I think the motivation side of it was quite easy for me yeah, absolutely. When you had that balance, you know, because obviously when you're sixth year, you know, leaving cert is a massive part of your life. There's no escaping the fact that you have to go through it. But in the end, you know, it did end up being a mess for you. But it's interesting to see that the focus was the leaving cert and then the football, the exercise, that was your release, your escape. Because I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that, um, especially people who maybe don't, you know, sport, you know, unless you're very, very lucky to make a career out of sport. Most people do it just as a passion or something after work or after school or college. Um, so it's really interesting to hear your take on that. Um, but I do want to go back to what you said um, about let's say before we went into lockdown and that 2019 season and that's when you had your breakthrough but you said you were really enjoying football at the time do you think there is a correlation there between why you were doing so well and how much you were enjoying it 
or do you think you were enjoying it because you were doing well? Um, I don't know really. Like, I think it was I like as I said, my confidence maybe was just building and building, and like when I was younger, maybe sometimes if I was on the pitch that. I get the ball, but I wouldn't really bring the ball with me. I kind of get rid of it, you know, give it someone else. As time went on, and I was kind of playing more and uh, like getting the chance to play more and prove it, prove to uh, my managers and myself that you know I'm actually well able to do this. So. I don't know. And then I just, you know, I just felt more relaxed and I was playing football and just, just was really enjoying it at the time. So I don't know. And then as well, just, I suppose the year, like the minor year as well, like it was just, it was a good, a great campaign for us as well. So, you know, things were kind of just starting to fall into place because I had been in two previous Leinster finals and losing to, to Dublin two years in a row. So I think maybe that year as well, the, the fact that we reached the final and kind of just proved that we, we were well able to be in this division as well as was why I enjoyed it too. Yeah. And like, it probably was a bit of both just listening to like, obviously as the confidence grew, you're going to be more relaxed when you're playing the game, but then when you're more relaxed playing the game and happier playing it, it is going to bring out the best in you. Yeah, definitely. Like uh, you can see even this year when I was playing that, you know, my, it wasn't really nerves that I had going into a game. It was, excitement really more so than anything and I think when you're kind of telling yourself that you're more excited than nervous it makes you more relaxed and you know makes you play the best football you can so you could see that difference even in me this year that I wasn't going out going oh my god I have to do everything right it's more like you know what play the best you can if you make a mistake you make a mistake and that's okay and and you know it's it is like football has kind of gone from you know, just being a physical game to um, quite a psychological game as well. So, you know, sometimes it is a bit of a, a confidence boost or something like that, that just, you know, kind of makes everything click into place for you. Yeah. And it's interesting that you bring in that psychological side, because with a lot of people, like they reckon you can have yourself beat before you ever step foot on a pitch or step foot on a start line or whatever it might be, if you're just, your head's not in it. So it's really interesting that you're recognizing that side of the game. But like, yeah, I don't think, oh, sorry, go on. No, just like, I can see it in a lot of girls, like a lot of girls, you know, no matter if it's county club or college level, that's, you know, puts you under pressure and, you know, or maybe you're getting, you feel so much pressure that you have to perform all the time, but you know what, like sometimes we're just not going to perform, you know, that you can have a bad day. It's like any any given day, you can have a bad day or a good day. And if it's okay not to perform. But yeah, I think like sometimes it's very in our heads and it's, you can be bad off the pitch before you even step out onto it. So it is, you can kind of see the game changing a bit that, you know, we have a, we have a psychologist for our me team and she's very very helpful like she's brilliant and I think like those little things that you can see is is a development in the football that really help players and you know if people are struggling a little bit that that support is available to them which is so fantastic to hear because like you said 
everyone does have a bad day. But I think the issue comes is if you can't accept that you're having a bad day. Like if you accept it and be like, okay, this is perfectly normal, you can get past it. But if you beat yourself up for having a bad day, you're just going to start into this vicious cycle of putting yourself down and then maybe your performance will suffer as a result. Yeah, definitely. Like I know myself when I was younger, kind of when I was just starting to play with me at the time that I had joined, like, and then I started playing kind of with the neither under 16s, and I was still minor, I was still 16. And you know what, it just affected my performance rather than, you know, just enjoying it. And you can see that and people, people can put themselves under so much pressure. And, you know, it's, it's not good, as you said, because it is going to affect the performance before you even get it onto the pitch. Absolutely. Um, and then, like, sticking with that whole psycho- psychological side of things, like, how did it impact you when you put so much effort in over lockdown, stayed fit and went from having you know, a really incredible year getting onto the senior team to then getting dropped. What yeah, so that year, yeah, that year 2020 was kind of, as I said, coming into uh, my, not my peak, but as in like just kind of getting to a level that I was getting comfortable playing, you know, with the confidence that I was growing. But yeah, I think it was very hard when I came back, you know, that I was, I was dropped, but in, at the same time, I kept telling myself, like, I'm very young. And I was, I was at the time, I was only, I was only 19, was I? Yeah, at the time. So I was just kind of had to tell myself, look, I'm very young to be on this team anyway, that another opportunity will arise. And there is such a fight for places on that team. And, you know, every girl does deserve to start. So you kind of have to look at it from that perspective as well. Like, I put in the amount of effort over lockdown, but so did every girl on our team. So you couldn't really argue with with the management and, and that at the time. I think also from my perspective, like I probably wasn't, I'm not the strongest girl, let's say. Um, obviously it's changed now. I've been working on it myself. But at the time I was, as I said, the gym wasn't a focus at the minor level. So maybe a strength and conditioning point of view, um, I needed to just kind of work on little things like that myself. And unfortunately in 2020, a girl got injured uh, in the All-Ireland final and that's when my opportunity came. And, you know, I just worked so hard that, you know, I was determined to build up my strength and to keep my position for the 2021 campaign. And it it paid off, thankfully. But, um, you know, it is, as I said, it's such a fight for places and you can't take it to heart because everyone on that team deserves a start. And as I said, I was so young and I see people now even, you know, not getting any game time at all. So I was very lucky at the time. It is fantastic to have that level of depth, though, in your team, because then it it's any motivation to be the best version of yourself, because if you want that position, you have to perform. And you didn't just go out and perform in that position. You just went and got yourself an all star for your performance in that position in the 2021 year. So obviously massive congratulations for that, but that must've been the icing on the cake after what was just a phenomenal year. Oh, stop. I said, I 
didn't expect it at all like I really didn't because I was saying I was so young and that I was only so new to playing all the matches you know and I was sitting in a, a lecture hall ready to do my lecture and I had my internet and everything off and my friend texted me and she was like oh my god I'm so delighted for you I'm so proud of you and I was kind of going what in the name of god is this going on about and this is when the nominations came out for the all-stars and she said to turn on my whatsapp and all the girls knew and I said you know I just went into such shock that I I didn't I really I still am in shock like I don't know what to say about it because I think like it probably was a my best year of football but it's definitely not just down to me it was the coach and I had the coaching team we have and there's absolutely brilliant and I play in a position like playing full back like and it's it's not the easiest of roles I'm not gonna lie because there's a lot of decision making and someone said to me recently it's not just about physical for you in that position it's knowing where you have to be at the right time and when to be there you know that you have to be thinking like very constantly you know when I mark my player will I go out to the space and stuff but the coaches I had was absolutely brilliant and they really really helped me develop as a player you know and and um, I definitely wouldn't have got anywhere without them so um, and obviously the support from home as well like they're I don't drive yet, but my mom and dad and my brother bring me to every training session. Anything I need to be at, they, they'll bring me. So it's definitely all them too and not just me. So it really is a team effort like that That award, I'm sure. It means so much to them just as it means to you. Um, but we've talked about that on previous episodes of the podcast, the whole it taking a community. And it is so important who you surround yourself with. And you clearly have an incredible support network from family, coaches, but then being a team sport. I think a lot of the people we've had on have been individual sports, you know, running, cycling, things like that. But I think a team sport brings a whole different dynamic to it as well. Yeah, definitely. Like I think with individual sports, obviously you have your coaches and stuff, but I think the encouragement even from the girls, from my perspective, you know, them older girls that are on the team really drove me on to to be the best you can be or a team even, at, as I said, at home, family, you know, supporting me the whole way or even my club have been absolutely amazing. Everyone here in the community, you know, them little things are what drive you on and you know as I said about the little girls that I train like them asking questions and uh, saying they're coming to the match and the excitement you know different things like that but uh, it is really a a community and a a team effort and I think that's what I love about the sport too because maybe if I was in an individual sport I find it hard to motivate myself but when you have everyone around you you know pushing you on driving you on it's it's just brilliant and it it makes it it makes it much easier as well absolutely and you know, it just, I was in Enfield there. I think the cup might've been going through a few weeks back and just the people just on the street, just the beeping of the cars, you just really got that sense of community from it. And it was just so amazing to experience. Like it was just a drive by, just happened to be in the right place at the right time to see it. But you could just see the excitement and you know, I just absolutely loved the atmosphere. I just thought it was amazing. Yeah, like definitely even people that maybe wouldn't have lot, watched a lot of like um, women's Gaelic football or, you know, didn't really have that much interest in the sport. But I think the fact that it was such a historic event, it brought everyone together and people were just 
though interest and you know everyone was behind us that that day or well for the year even you know that we were making this journey we were making all these we were making all these achievements you know and as I said people that were around the county that for us that you know anywhere you go it's like we're on the meeting we're on that meet team or whatever you know it's it's just it's amazing and as I said the atmosphere of when you have the cup or you know whatever it is it's, it's just it's brilliant and you can see how much people are getting we're getting behind us yeah you absolutely can and, you know, you I have heard stories, I'm sure a lot of people around the country have heard stories of like ladies teams maybe being kicked off pitches, you know, if say the minor or the junior boys or if underage boys teams want to play. And I really think in me, that is definitely going to change. There's going to be no more kicking the ladies team off. Um, you're the ones bringing home the silverware. Yeah, definitely. Like even recently, um, the club championship finals were on and um, the lads usually play in Parthalton there in Navin and for the first time this year they put a double header with the senior ladies and the senior men's championship or um, championship finals so that's even like a step in the right direction and you can see as I said earlier the the respect we're kind of after gaining after this after the All-Ireland and even the the girls all of us getting uh, nominated for the All-Stars and stuff like that but uh it's the respect is just it's amazing now you can see the change and yeah like I've went through myself of you know we weren't allowed to use a certain pitch because the senior lads were coming to train or you know yeah as it's a junior lads whoever it is you were getting kicked off but hopefully that will change now a little bit and as I said the respect will kind of keep growing exactly and it's definitely a step in the right direction but then just ladies football in general you know having great sponsors like little who are a massive sponsor for the lgfc now you know they're really doing their bit to promote ladies football because it has got exciting like you don't watch ladies football just because oh i just better support it like you don't do it for that reason. You do it because it is actually thrilling to watch. And like, you can't, like you can't deny the skill level that you and the girls in your team, but also all the teams around the country have, like it really has upped its game and it's exciting to watch. Yeah, definitely. Like this year, especially like I've had so many people come up to me and especially after the all in fun, they said it's the best game they've seen in a long time. The all in final was, you know, and they might have been people that wouldn't have really watched it much before. But um, as I said, like the skill is, and the fitness is, you know, developing so much and it is, it's, it is thrilling. Like, and even playing it, I, I know like it's a, even playing that all Ireland, like it's such a fast paced game. It was, you know, it was entertaining as well and people really really enjoyed it that day like even people from my club were, were all there supporting me that day and uh, a lot of young lads from our club were there and they said it was the best game they've watched in a very long time so you can see yeah the the support is developing and you know that people are just are watching it not just for as you said just for the sake of watching it but because they're really enjoying it absolutely and you know I suppose females just traditionally aren't as physical as our male counterparts that's you know we can't help that but that doesn't mean the game has to lack like there's you know we've said that skill element but there is still physicality so just because 
you know, females aren't as strong, maybe, or we can't lift as much as males. That doesn't mean we can't get into it. And, you know, you guys demonstrated that you can have a really physical, really entertaining game of football. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, you know, the strength, strength thing is said, like lads are just more and more physical anyway, but there is such a physical aspect to it too. And I think that's kind of what was a shock to my system when, when I joined that senior team, you know, coming from a minor level, only being um, 17 at the time that, you know, there was a focus, a little bit of a focus on the gym, you know, to build up that strength, but it is needed too, because it is a, a physical game as well as a, um about your fitness or about your skills so yeah no definitely you can you can see it as well and just thinking back to that 2021 season like obviously you know winning the final and getting your all-star like I'm sure it's going to be hard to top it but were there any other standout moments throughout the entire season where you just think back and go yeah that was my favorite moment or that's a moment that's going to stick with me forever aside from as I said winning the final and getting your all-star yeah it's kind of like nearly the whole year is nearly like not a blur but you know as I said I'm still kind of in shock about absolutely everything but I think another standing moment for me like and I know it's kind of a winning on the winning path as well but we won the division two final but we he actually we were playing Kerry in that division two final and the first round we played them we lost to them by six points or I think it was two goals at the time but that was the very first round and that actually was when we had no supporters um for the games because of COVID and I think when we met them again in the final and had those supporters back you just you miss them so much you miss that shouting and roaring and that cheering and you know that drives you on and I think you know the way we played that day the way we came together as a team and proved that yeah we might have got bet the first time but look we're back here again and we were determined to you know prove a point but I think like when the supporters came back I think that was a bit of a standout moment too because you didn't really miss know how much you missed them until they were gone because the Kerry team that day in the first round had people standing on the top of a um, caravan and they were like shouting over the wall and we had no one kind of to retaliate to them and no one kind of, obviously our teammates and our coaches, but not that same noise coming from your friends, families and your parents. And, you know, I think, yeah, definitely like getting the crowds back as well was a very standout moment, which is a bit mad considering, you know, usually there'll be uh, crowds in a match, but just with the year that was in it. Yeah, something you wouldn't think about in other years, but that's something that even you know, the professionals in all sports have been saying, like most recently with the um, with the rugby, with the autumn series on, that's one thing that has come up a lot is having the crowds back and how amazing it is to play to a packed stadium again. Yeah, definitely. Like when we... Um, when I run out for the All Ireland Finals and have forty thousand people around you, like the noise was incredible. Like at one point, I was running up the sideline in Crow Park, and my when I released the ball out of my hands or or kicked the ball, or whatever it was, the ringing in my ears, from the cheering, the shouting, and the support you could hear everyone was just brilliant. And I think that really drove us on as well as a team in the final because on our way up. 
uh, on the bus, we got a, a guard escort, which was amazing in <laughs> itself. But we kind of just split all, they just split all the traffic for us and we were kind of going through all the traffic. But on the motorway, all the cars were beeping because they knew it was us coming and it was all our friends, families, supporters hanging out the windows, waving flags, beeping at us go by. And I think like when we saw that before we even reached the pitch, we said like, we have to do it for them now, you know, look at the amount of support that's, you know, coming up here to see us play and hopefully win like in our first year in an all Ireland final. And I think that that totally just drove us on. And it was quite like emotional nearly on the way up to see how much support we did have and we're going to have up there. And when we ran out, you could see nothing but really green. Like obviously there was Dublin people there too, but there was definitely you could just from the shout and the roar and the green and the crowd. It was just, it was amazing. And that is one thing that Gaelic is great for is that, you know, involving the whole community. You're not going out there just for your county team. You're going out there for the whole county, for all the individual clubs and all the members of those clubs and even the non-members. You really are doing it for everyone, not just yourselves. Yeah, definitely. Like uh, you're just you want to make people proud as well, like, you know, your friends, your family, and as I said, the the people that are supporting you. But yeah, you're do, you're doing it for absolutely everyone. And look, like you're saying about the clubs and non-club people, but like, and not every club is represented on a county team either. But you know, I'd be quite close to a couple of clubs that wouldn't have a player on the team. But I visited them myself, you know, and you can just see the excitement and the support that you have for them as well. So, or they have for you. So. And uh, it's just brilliant like that. It really is. So tell me, what is next for you then? You are in college. It's Maynooth University you're in? Yeah, it is. And any aspirations to play for the university team? Yeah, so I kind of had a a busy year um, between the All-Ireland, from the All-Ireland on, so when we finished the all Ireland, we had a week or two kind of not well off, but when I say off, I mean celebrating. So it wasn't really a break, <laughs> but uh, um, I kind of went straight into the club championships and playing for the college. And it's my second year in college, but it's my first year in there properly because of COVID. So it's really nice to be playing with girls that I've played against kind of during the year, or, you know, great footballers as well. <laughs> and playing with a different style of football. But um. I'm actually I'm I'm taking a little bit of a rest this week because I've been sick quite a lot. But that's I think um I I had COVID actually just before the All Ireland final, and I only got out two days before the All Ireland, which uh, oh a lot of people don't actually know because we tried to keep, to keep it under wraps. Yeah, obviously. But, um, I'm kind of um suffering. Yeah, um, I'm kind of suffering a little bit kind of now. I think my immune system's a bit low, so I'm just kind of taking a rest for the time being. But we're back training with me, the Zell. So, you know, it's kind of all flowing back into one. So I'll, I'll have plenty to keep me busy anyway between college and uh, county and club football. But uh, yeah, no, uh, we'll just, you know, get back out for a new season and, and see what happens. Absolutely. And we are definitely going to be keeping our eye on you and the Mead ladies in the future because it just sounds like there is so much still to come and you know I really hope that you mind yourself that is first and foremost and um, it's probably nice that Christmas is coming up you can take a bit of a break from everything and 
you know, all the best for 2022. It just sounds so exciting. And I just can't wait to see what, what happens for you. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me on. It's uh, brilliant to talk to you. No, it has been our pleasure. So anything else you want to say to just to finish off to the young girls or even the young guys out there who are thinking, will I join football? Will I not? What would you say to them just to finish up? Yeah, like I think to any any young person, no matter if it's Gaelic football or whatever sports you want to play, I think just give it a go and see see where it takes you. You know, don't put yourself under any pressure. And, you know, you have to enjoy the sport and you have to have fun. And if you're not enjoying it, then maybe that's not the sport for you. But I think give everything a go and, you know, just just enjoy just to enjoy everything you're doing. So, yeah, definitely. Well, Mary-Kate, you have been absolutely amazing to chat to. We wish you all the best for next year and all the years beyond that. So thank you again. Thank you so much.